I'm Riggs Eckleberry, co-founder, chairman, CEO of Origin Clear. The government needs to continue to provide a lot of abundant, clean water. But what happens to it after it's used, when it's dirty? Do you know that 80% of all sewage is never treated, it's just dumped? That leads to water scarcity, but it also leads to a lot of disease and pollution, the ocean turning into something horrible. At the same time, the cities and counties are not getting the funding they need to really treat the water. And so they can't keep up. The solution is let the people who use the water clean the water. Water on demand is investment in actual capital assets that earn income. Sign up to hear my weekly briefing every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just put oc.gold slash CEO in your browser, register for the briefing, and I look forward to hearing more from you. Welcome, everyone, to Water's New Gold, Thursday, May 19th, and uh, briefing number 160. Clean water for a world in crisis. It's clear that we've got problems with water and we hear about them all the time. What to do about it is the big question. And we're really focusing in on that because it's not enough to take care of a pump station at some insurance company's building somewhere. You've got to really take care of people's problems with clean water. And I think that's the mission that we've really uh, focused in on. So. That's water for us, and uh, the important, the vital engine, of course, is water on demand capital. All right. Well, hey, we filed on time. Our uh, Q1 quarterly report was filed um, on Monday, the 16th, which made it on time filing. In, in previous times, we have taken that quote unquote grace period, which is five days for quarterly, 15 days for annual, and we just said no. We're just going to do this properly, and uh, the team pulled together. I'm very proud of uh, Prasad, Eric, Gwen, the auditors, and the board. Um, all did a great job. So what are the results? Well, fantastic, because revenue was up 55% for the three months ended March 31st to $1.234105 million. I'll tell you in a second what that means for as an annual run rate compared to just 800,000 for the first three months. So typically the first quarter of the year is slow and it revs up and it ends up the fourth quarter being high. It kind of like grows throughout the year as budgets get approved and you know things get done. So uh, because a lot of companies and, and cities are on, on a calendar uh, year, financial year. Okay, so that is amazing as I told you, um, last year, our booked orders tripled to 12 million, but then it has to actually be delivered. Re revenue is a, is a key word, also called recognized revenue, where you have to actually, you make a sale, it's actually a liability to deliver it. Think about it. If you give your credit card to someone and they don't deliver, well, then you get to have your money back, right? So, but then when they deliver and you accept it, then they've earned it and it no longer is a liability for them. It's money in the bank for them. So revenue is what that is. And it's the actual achievement. It's the true number. All right. Well, let's take a look at um, if this pace continues, we will achieve close to $5 million this year, which um, is far better than for a long, long time. And I think we, we will do even better yet. Um, for example, I saw that um, Modular Water Systems got a I believe that they'll easily exceed a million dollars in booked orders this month, which is fantastic for Dan Early. And um, 
And E. Jean Tully says, good evening, Riggs. GAAP, generally accepted accounting um, practices. Exactly. GAAP, that's um, um, recognized revenue. He's, he's absolutely correct. All right. So that's fantastic. Um, now, the cost of sales increased um, and gross profits decreased. And that is really a fact of in Q1, we were dramatically um, trying to deliver that $12 million in orders. So we're just spending, spending, spending to deliver. And that's how kind of the top line was much higher, but the cost of sales and gross profit was on an interim basis. As you can see, there were um, uh, higher expenses and that cut into profits for the quarter. Again, because we were just basically throwing money into it. And in fact, as you remember, the water on demand um, uh, unit was able to lend money on a secured basis to progressive water treatment. I think it was about $250,000, which was um, repaid in, I think, 45 days and returned royalties to our fine investors because it's not yet the true paper gallon thing, but nonetheless, it was money and they got royalties, which was great. Um, now, as you can see, losses from operations increase, and that is because we are investing that's the capital and the expenses going into water demand, which um, is going to further, this is what we're working on to really um, biggie up our activities and go from just selling machines to blessing people with a solution that they don't have to pay for up front. Okay. And Tom Marticello, I continue to see great performance. Uh, he commends Mark Stevens, the president of Progressive Water Treatment, Mike Jenkins, the president of sales. Dan Early, chief engineer, and the entire teams. They're doing an amazing job. And this is, um, what I like about it is they're staying with the quality. The, if, you, if you were to visit the McKinney operation, you would see it completely jam-packed with equipment being built. It's quite a sight. Okay, now, um, you know, I admire Elon Musk and he's really been um, expressing himself lately. Well, this week, he spoke at a summit, a uh, techie summit, and I, I thought I would excerpt a little bit from it that I think is really, really worth listening to. It's short and sweet, but I think it, it really speaks to, the, to our own philosophy and what we're about too. So let's take a look at what Mr. Musk has to say. My default inclination is to start things from scratch. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not really, I don't buy, buy things. Like there's, there's still this sort of, you know, uh, um, yeah, like like SpaceX was started from scratch. You know, in, in the case of, of Tesla, uh, you know, it, it was like five people. There's still this guy, Mark Everhard, who's the worst guy I've ever worked with, who tries to claim like sole credit essentially for creating a Tesla. And if he's so damn great, why didn't he just go, you know, create another car company when he was fired? Um, but anyway, um, so. Uh, well, I mean, that's a pretty good story. I mean, yeah. Oh I remember, <laughs> I mean, no, but I, I remember having this conversation with you. We were having a conversation about the Roadster. I think I can tell the story. Yeah. And I said, how's it going, pal? And you said, well, I got one problem. Um, it turns out the Roadster parts and putting it together cost 190,000. Yeah. And I said, I gave you 150 for number 16. So if you make 2000 of these, you're going to lose $80 million. And you were like, yeah, or double that. I mean, they basically, the parts of the car, cost more than they were selling it for when you were yes. starting to get involved. 
That's it was disaster. No, no, no. I, I got involved well, well before well that. Well before that, yes. <laughs> I got involved when, when, when Twitter, when, when Tesla was 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 yeah. nothing but a piece of paper. Let, let me they, be crystal yeah. clear. Crystal fucking clear. Yeah. Uh, no, they didn't bring me in. <laughs> either uh, I, I was gonna start i was gonna start a, a, an ed company yeah. with jv struggle and, and uh, based on the the ac propulsion t0 uh, yes. and when i when i asked ac propulsion if it was okay to do that uh, they said well there's also some others who want to create an ev company but have not created one yet yes would you like to join forces with them and I said, okay, well, we'll do that. That was a huge mistake. JV and I should have just started the car company ourselves. Instead, uh, we uh, teamed up with uh, Everhard, Toppening and Wright. Um, big mistake. Uh, the, 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 the actual moral error here was me trying to have my cake and eat it too, which is like, uh, I just want to work on the technology and the product and have someone else be the CEO and, and, and sort of run the business operations because I just like working on technology and product and design. And... Um, and, and also I was like doing SpaceX, uh, you know, uh, at the time and our rockets were blowing up. So it seemed like, uh, okay, this is like, I always wanted to do an electric car company. This is how I can have my cake and eat it too. Uh, that was a huge mistake and fundamentally a moral error. Um, and uh, so, so uh, in the end I had to freaking be CEO and I didn't want to be basically. Um, uh, so, but it's either that or the company's going to die. So, uh, so we started with, with really just nothing, and uh, the uh, you know the T zero prototype from AC propulsion. Not not it, it, that's the that's the precursor to Tesla. Um, yeah. To be one hundred percent clear, once again, uh, when uh, we created Tesla, I, when I when I joined, there were no no employees, there was no intellectual property, there was no prototype, there was no nothing. Yeah. Be yeah. crystal fucking clear. <laughs> and it, it almost bankrupted you. I mean, you that, yes. that sent you to the cliff of insolvency. Yeah. I mean, that was yes. We were on the ragged edge of bankruptcy so many times it was ridiculous. Um, so, um, and two thousand eight was one of the worst years, where basically the you know GM and Ford, just so GM, GM and Ford almost went bankrupt and, um, you know, trying to raise money for a startup electric car company in 2008 while GM is going bankrupt was uh, difficult to say the least. Um, and, and, you know, people were angry that I even asked them uh, for money. Um, they're like, fuck you and hang up. <laughs> so the, the only way that, 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 that Tesla actually made it through 2008 was uh, a subset of the existing investors um, which includes like people like Antonio Gracias and, uh, you know, um, Steve Jovetson and, 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 and a, a few other key people, Ira Aaron Price, uh, who, who, who I hold a debt of gratitude to this day. Um, and and I, I put in all the money I had left and they said everything, they everything literally everything. Um, uh, I didn't even have a house. Uh, so uh, this is my ex-wife at the house. So I was like staying actually in Jeff Skull's bedroom, spare bedroom. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and, but there was the, 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 uh, the subset of the bestest would say, okay, if I put in, they'll put in as much as I put in. So I put in everything. Um, and, and then we closed that round 6 p.m. Uh, Christmas Eve, 2008. It was the last hour of the last day that was possible because after that people were like kept breaking for the holidays and we would have bounced payroll two days after Christmas. It was, uh, 
pretty death's doorstep. I mean, it was an yeah. incredible moment in time, and and people also forget at the time that the first two rockets SpaceX sent up uh, didn't exactly make it to orbit. Like one the of first three, out, right. yeah, the first three. And I remember having dinner with you at that time, and I asked you, "Hey, how's it going?" I heard uh, Glocker says you got four weeks of payroll left. And you said, that's not true. And I said, thank God. And you said, we have two. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Absolutely. I said, no, I mean, both SpaceX and Tesla in 2008, if we'd simply paid our suppliers on time, we would have gone bankrupt immediately. I, I, tell us, tell us actually, uh, it was a, it was a pretty crazy moment in time. Cause I also remember asking you at, we were having dinner at BOA and I said, well, well certainly it's gotta be some good news. And you took out your BlackBerry to date the conversation. I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. And you, showed, and you said, don't tell anybody, Jay Kyle. I said, no problem. And you showed me the clay version of the Model S. Yeah. The most beautiful car I'd ever seen. And I said, oh, my God, it's stunning. Um, how much is it going to cost? He said, I think I can make it for 50000 I remember it was yesterday. I said, if you make that car for 50000 you'll change the fucking world. And you did it. And I, it was I, a little more than 50000 but uh, you know, yeah. Thank you. you did. <laughs> Let's ask about SpaceX. Okay, well, that's about SpaceX, but I, I want to ask one more personal question. Has life gotten easier for you as these companies have hit scale, or has the complexity made life even more challenging? Because those early days, it was just fighting to survive. Nobody knew who you were. You were anonymous, um, and it was really just about the work. And now, let's face it, you're the world's most famous guy. Um, and everybody's watching everything you do, but these companies are also very big. So what's life like for you today? Are you enjoying what you're doing every day? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhat of a roller coaster. Um, so there are like good days and bad days. Um, and there's, there are also crisis issues. Um, and, you know, like sort of, you know, knock on wood, like we're not like uh, facing, you know, death in the face. Like, like it's, it's, it's definitely like quite stressful when like, you know, death is like tr trying to eat your face off and like the, the foam is like, you know, just getting and I get yeah, <laughs> right there, you know, <laughs> no, that's, it's pretty stressful in that situation. Um, so like, right, you know, both SpaceX and Tesla have, um, you know, significant cash reserves. So like, it, you know, it's not, we're staring death in the face. We can sort of see it over in the horizon, you know, so I don't want to get complacent or entitled because, um, but, it, but, it, but if it's not like just sort of foaming at the mouth and gnashing, trying to eat your face off uh, on a daily basis, that's, that's certainly, it's, we've moved on from that point um, and hopefully never, never return. Um, but, but there are a lot of issues that need to be, it's just like the, the, if, if you're a CEO of a company, the chore level is high. And if you don't do your chores, then the company goes to hell. And I hate doing, doing chores, frankly. So uh, who, do, who does? Uh, so th that's the real, like there's a whole bunch of sort of, uh, you know, personnel issues and legal issues and, and, and things that I, I, I don't find enjoyable to work on. But if I don't work on them, the company suffers. So it's more like just the sheer volume of work is insane. That's the, uh, and then, and then, you know, go do some, go add to it you know, with, you know, Twitter or something like that. Um, yeah. But I mean, honestly, Find I'm an extra processor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have a habit of biting off more than I can chew and then just sitting there with like chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there was so much that was interesting about that. Okay. So I'm going to quickly address the chat, chat questions here. 
And then I'm going to talk, going to talk about the Elon Musk video. First of all, Wayne Snyder wants to know, when will OCLN be on the NASDAQ? Very, very good question. And we, uh, we have a very tight schedule tonight, but I have a Gantt chart. That's one of those things that looks like a bunch of spaghetti stuff that lays out, I, we did it this week, it's fantastic. And it is for what on demand to go on the NASDAQ, probably before OCLN does, right? Remember, Origin Clear is, is being con configured as a launch pad. And at the end of the day, all we wanna be is own a substantial piece of four or five amazing water companies, right? Starting with water on demand, eventually we wanna do the crypto, we wanna do um, probably a pump station launch, we want to do a um, launch of modular water systems itself. We want to launch progressive water treatment. All of these companies will end up, ultimately, I believe, as public companies. And just the same way that Yahoo was saved by only 30% of Alibaba, we will have a substantial amount of value. Whether we'll take Origin Clear to the NASDAQ is a secondary question. Uh, what's also great about this is it will make Origin Clear itself cash positive and not require funding. It's the spinoffs that will require investment funding, but that'll be very specifically for the spinoffs. So this is a very um, smart way to go with um, taking a pure play and going, okay, here's a targeted thing, get people to invest in it, and it goes out, as opposed to this big blob, because we were like packing value, packing value, packing value. And I think it's better to be sort of an idea lab, right? Springboard for water innovation, as we call it. Okay, so that's, that's that answer. And to, next week, I will run through that Gantt chart with you, okay? And you will see, we do have NASDAQ in our future, I believe. All right now, Michael Anthony says, I thought this was something to do with insider buying. And I'm not sure why I did get an email about this meeting. I just did get here. I don't know what this is about, and I would like to know. Well, Michael, there's no insider buying or selling going on. There is, um, we believe, a lot of shorting going on. And we hired a company called buyins.net which is the premier, um, they, they are the only people out there who are able to um, get a handle on short sales um, because we see a pattern. You can see, I'm not gonna get into the stock a lot, but we see a pattern of stock like does great all day and at the end of the day, boom, there's somebody hitting it. That's, that's short selling and it's not very nice. So uh, we've got Tom Ronk of Binance.net is extremely good at this, he's done it for years. He's got the only database that generates that kind of information. And so we expect that we will have, um, you know, this will clean itself up over time. Obviously, we, otherwise we would not have retained him, but uh, I can't guarantee results. The number one thing that drives stock price is performance. And as you saw, our quarterly report showed a 55% increase in revenue. So Michael, thank you for coming. We're gonna get on with the show because, I, it, okay, Elon Musk. First of all, what was great is people don't realize how horrible it is to have a startup. You literally, you know, the ragged edge of bankruptcy, as he says, it, every single successful startup I've seen, afterwards you find out that there was a disaster all along, you know, being sort of hammered by the, 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 the jaws of death the whole time. It, would, it made me laugh and, and really going down to the very, very edge. I mean, I've been down to my credit cards. I've been there with this company, right? Um, lending a ton of money, just as Elon Musk did. I remember you know, lending one time over a quarter million dollars um, to the company and took forever for the company to pay it back. It's what you do, right? That's how it is. So, and um, when I first started the company, of course, I took a major pay cut. 
and um, and I think I would have done far better as a consulting uh, high tech dude over the years. And Michael Anthony says he did say he was going to buy Twitter. Well, I'm not going to comment on that. The Twitter thing. He, it, if you watch that video of the All in the Summit, he talks about this. It's a it's a wonderful. It's a one hour thing. Listen to it while you're while you're doing other things. I strongly recommend it. It's just Elon Musk, the All In Summit, it's on YouTube. So, um, all right. Now, Stevan's S21. Investing is spin off when they're picking. Okay. Is dilution. All right. Okay. Help us understand how we don't go broke. What is a spin off? Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm going to take a moment. The reason why we decided to spin offs is this you try and push four or five things at a time. And where do you find the resources for it? Progressive water treatment is cash positive. The modular water systems now is, is operating, you know, I think cash positive. They've been doing that for a while. It's hard to tell because they're connected, they're all they've all been bunched in. Uh, progressive water and modular water have been all bunched in. We're separating them out. And by by the time they're separated, they will both show that they are cash positive. So what's cash negative? What's cash negative is our efforts to create something huge, something amazing, something different, something that actually changes the water industry, as opposed to being a little five or $10 million water company in Texas that you would never hear about. Now, maybe that's what I should have done. And I would be sitting there in McKinney, Texas with my little you know, um, shop floor. And that would have been another life, but what we've done, and this is another thing that Elon Musk made clear, his original investors came back and saved him. And this is exactly what happened. Ken will tell that story. Um, 2018, he came along and we went back to our investors. And at the time, we were doing a lot of toxic financing. It was horrendous. And this is why we had a tough time with the stock and so forth, which thank God we haven't had to do ever since. Why? Because our investors came back and uh, we did the right thing by them. They, people who came back are well, I believe well in, in the black. So they did well as a result, but it did mean that they had to commit to help us and they did. And so that's why it's uh, so huge. Uh, what Elon is telling is that at the end of the day, it's your, it's your original investors that matter. And, um, and the final thing I wanna mention is he says, Tesla builds all its own stuff. It does not, like a car company, they just basically, they, they delegate out the sales, they delegate this and the other thing. Water on demand is a pure play in finance and we, will, we are doing it all ourselves and we're letting the um, water industry build these systems for us. And that I think is a very clean way to go. So going back to the spinoff concept, if you can create targeted companies that are what we call pure plays, then people know what they're investing in and the mother company can now operate cash positive and the only investment is in that subsidiary. Now, the subsidiary itself will go public. And that over time, if you have a series of public companies, I believe it's much more value than trying to kind of take this um, sort of amorphous thing down the road. It's as a longtime marketer, I believe that. <laughs> Elon seems like a personable being, not some stick up CEO, very much like you, Riggs. It's so nice. And Michael Anthony says, uh, people in anything that is living must have water. Perfect. Great, great segue for me to move on because I've got so much more good stuff for you. You're going to love it. 
Um, but I thought you would enjoy this Elon Musk thing. All right. So uh, I'm going to jump back in here and we just were in the news. We had an article that was interviewed about cyber attacks on water. And um, Endpoint is an excellent magazine. And it's about the, the danger of our critical infrastructure, cyber attacks on water treatment plants. So what about that? Well, here's what I said. It's like, well, how about not having big centralized systems, right? And so um, we're disrupting the water industry with you know, this idea of futures market. That's like crypto, water as a service, modular water systems, et cetera. And do-it-yourself water, liberate customers, consumers from the aging, vulnerable utility grid, right? And the old centralized model is falling apart and is underfunded by the federal government. Cyber fragility is very real. Last week, you, you heard this interview when the writer was, was interviewing me for this article, and this is what came out. And um, decentralization spreads the attack surface across potentially hundreds of thousands of much smaller, less critical facilities. And so this is the smart way to go. And uh, it mentions uh, SCADA, uh, supervisory control and data acquisition. The, that's for like controls, uh, water controls, equipment controls. So what, what I'm basically saying is if you want to have safety, don't be all centralized, right? Don't huddle together, you know, disperse. Um, kind of like guerrilla war versus a stand-up mass war, that kind of idea. And this idea of utility independence is new. There's a bunch of different ways and that these um, various activities give more security in a world in which blackouts and water rationing are on the rise. And I'm going to talk more about this. Christopher Knoll. Chris Knoll is an amazing writer. You can see he was the founding editor of Mobile Magazine, top editor of a bunch of um, computing magazines. He's been around and a great interviewer, as you saw in last week's clip. Okay. Now, we also had a, uh, I'm going to do a short excerpt from, this is one of the very top 1% globally of podcasts in the world in entrepreneurship. And so I was very honored to have been interviewed by Priyanka and she was quite good. Here's a short and sweet and you'll see how we, we, uh, our story is so persuasive. Here we go. Hello everyone. Welcome to Show Up with Priyanka. This is your host Priyanka Khandalkar and I'm so excited to talk about this new topic and it's all about investing in the new gold. Let me introduce my new guest. His name is Riggs Eckelberry. As founding CEO of a public company, Riggs has found a completely novel way to rescue business owners faced with fast rising water bills and build a new investment market in the process. He's even begun to build water stable coins. I know you're passionate about water. I know you're passionate about serving for good and like passionate about seeing the issues in the world around water scarcity. But I wanted to understand like what made you like click like your the core values, right? This is bigger than what I see right now. Like what, what was that aha moment for you? Interestingly enough, it happened. Um, COVID was for us the, uh, the moment um, where we had to figure things out quickly because um, we were building a conventional water company uh, all the way into the end of 2019. And, you know, not doing things are fine. And, and then I remember February of 2020, when Wuhan shut, after Wuhan shut down, then there was a ripple effect into the energy markets and investors freaked out. This is early February. I remember it very, very well. And we went, oh, we need to do something to really make a change happen because 
to my mind, the, the COVID disruption accelerated change. If, if businesses were gonna fail, they failed. If they were gonna survive, they survived. And there was also all these changes in how business was done. And so for us, we had to really look intensively at our business model. And why is it that we had all of this stacked up potential business, tens of millions of dollars of business that was stacked up and it was not moving closer. And we were spending all this staff time talking to clients, blah, blah, blah. Well, how to accelerate this, right? How to make it faster. And we realized it's the money, stupid. It's the money. If you can inject money into the front end and say capital is not a problem, just sign here and you've got your system. People go, okay, right? You're blessing instead of selling. Mm. Like, here's your system. Here's a solution. By the way, it comes with full uh, managed services. So you don't have to have an expert on, on board. Well, that creates a lot of, of uh, acceleration. Mm -hmm. And we started creating this thing that today is called Water on Demand, where a business owner and increasingly business owners are having to do their own water treatment, like breweries that are expanding too fast, et cetera. So, um, or there's a lack of sewage services for whatever reason, they can just do a service contract and just pay by the gallon as they're used to doing already, right? This is nothing new for them, but they don't have to put up the $2 million and they don't have to go hire the water expert. That's all taken care of. And you know, the strangest thing is, this is a new concept in water. This is not, yes, Water services has existed, but, but for very large systems like entire islands, right? But for your, your business down the street, that has not been a case. Mm -hmm. And so we, are we suddenly realized that this was a need that business owners needed on the one hand. And the other thing was investors could now invest directly in water projects where they have not been able to. Mm. And we realized that it was what we call water like an oil well in the sense of um, the same way that people can invest in oil projects, people can invest in water projects and get royalties, mm -hmm. asset, asset um, safety, right? Because we know what's happening in the world and we have a shift from currency-based finance to commodity-based finance. Mm -hmm. And it's not because anybody wants it or doesn't want it, it's just happening. So that means that, you know, obviously risk assets are not great, hard assets are great. But they're, because everybody's going after assets, they've been priced very high already. Look at real estate, right? So, and gold and all these things are, are expensive already. Well, what about an asset that has not yet begun to, to make its run? And that is water. Water is a new income producing asset. And so anyone can come to originclear.com, click on the invest button. Currently they have to be accredited or outside of the US Soon there will also be an offering for unaccredited investors, so get on the list. But mm -hmm. they can go benefit from a, a very tangible investment in uh, water systems. And that to me is a breakthrough because it brings a whole new cohort of investors mm -hmm. to help fund the water industry that have not existed until now. Wow. And can you have multiple investors in a water project or is it like... Like, how is that segregated? Well, it's a lot like uh, in 1981, Apache Corporation founded uh, uh, MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships, right? And Master Limited Partnerships are a bundle of properties. Mm. Um, oil, gas, pipelines, it's all bundled together. And there's about, um, uh, 
don't know, I think there's 60 MLPs out there that are worth $300 billion plus in revenue. And that segment is very stable because it's not dependent on a single oil well, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bucket of, of, of properties. And okay, some of them are dry, <laughs> fine. But the good thing about water is it doesn't run dry, right? It's, there's mm -hmm. always a demand for water. You're not gonna have a problem finding a productive water project. So mm -hmm. what we put people into is a water demand subsidiary with other investors. And now we have capital. And this capital is then put to work and they get their 25% of net profit for the life of the project. And then when it's wound up, they get 25% of the proceeds of, of the wind up and they can reinvest it or whatever. And in the meantime, they have the ability to place a lien on the equipment that we still own. We don't sell it. We don't sell the equipment. It's, this is a, a service, right? They have the ability to place a lien on the equipment to enforce their royalty. And so they have um, asset protection, and they have the royalty. And because it's early for them, they get a very generous grant of stock in the mother company, the public company, Origin Clear. Mm -hmm. And so I have to tell you, Priyanka, it is ext extremely um, popular. Uh, literally, we, when people figure out what it is, they go, I'm going to do it. Wow. Because yeah. it's so obvious. Now, it's going to become thinner. It's not going to be as generous. But because it's early days, and it's mm -hmm. like the early days of Tesla, right? I mean, if you right. were smart yeah. enough, or Airbnb, Stripe, if you were mm -hmm. early and smart, then you made out really, really well, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we're, we're a micro cap, which means we're a penny stock. But, and, you know, rightly so, people have like, well, I don't know about penny stocks. And rightly so, because there's a lot of, um, you know, penny stocks that go nowhere. Mm -hmm. But because it's an asset-based thing, we believe there's less of a risk and there's a lot of upside from the pennies to the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, assuming that we get there. So what I'm saying is it's an attractive investment. It's fueling this new generation of sign and go kind of water treatment. And we think it's going to um, um, spread. And now one decision we made was let's not try to build all these systems. If there's a water uh, there's a, a brewery in Portland, Oregon that needs our system. Our, our system. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go to Portland, Oregon. We'll call up a water company in Portland and give them the job. Mm. And then they can build it and maintain it. Mm -hmm. They're happy. Like, well, this job just, just showed up fully funded, mm -hmm. right? Because we're funding these things. And so it makes us very popular with the water industry. And it enables us to scale. Another thing I learned from the dot-com was never try to compete with your natural partners. So let's make the water industry our partners and we take care of the finance. Now we'll go up, like I would like to set up um, fi uh, financing centers in uh, water demand financing in Dubai, mm -hmm. in Delhi, in Singapore, in Tokyo, in London, that will, do, that will finance water demand for their regions. Now we've stepped up even further and now we're scaling worldwide and it has, it's, very, it's something we can do because we're not trying to do everything. We were initially for a long time, we were thinking of adding more capability, buying more companies here and there. And then we realized, wait a minute, mm. no, let's give that up and let's instead export our, our capabilities. So water demand is now a spin out mm -hmm. and soon um, there'll be other spin outs. We're, we're planning a crypto spin out and um, which is fascinating. And then we're also planning to uh, launch a technology company and these um, box water in a box type systems that we have 
So all kinds of fun stuff happening. And it's all done by not trying to be big. You know, Priyanka, I think the new era is to be, is to not achieve centrality, but decentralize and, and be highly focused, do what you do really, really well, and, and get synergy with others. And that way, I think that you can um, survive well, do what you do well, don't try to do everything. I love that. I, I love that, Riggs. Is there anything you want to share that I might have missed? Well, what I want to share with your audience is that none, we should none of us take water for granted. I was in technology, and for me, water was about turning the faucet, flushing the toilet, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that behind the curtain, there's a lot of need for modernization of our water systems. And relatively speaking, Europe is in good shape. Israel is in great shape. U.S. not so good. But then third world, third world countries almost have no infrastructure at all. But here's what's interesting. Those third world countries having no infrastructure, they can do what happened in cell phones, which is just bypass that old infrastructure and go to the new light model. And so we have an opportunity to revolutionize water quality and eliminate so many, so much disease. You know, there's billions a year die mm -hmm. uh, or get very sick. Like I think it's 1.6 billion people get very sick each year from diarrhea. Yes. Right? So these things are can be eliminated with clean water, and we should not sit on our hill as as you know um, entitled I mean, Westerners and and not take care of this because the solutions are there, the finance is there, and we can do it. And by the way, make get a good portfolio. Why not? These are good things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I love that when our work is involving good <laughs> for a better world, but also like there's, there's, there's a hope there. And it's a hope for everyone who is involved and who is going to get impacted. So beautiful, Riggs. Thank you so much for being on my show today. I had such an awesome conversation with you. Priyanka, it's been such an honor. Thank you. I love uh, talking to people who are looking at new things because I learned so much myself. So that was really, really great and uh, an enjoyable discussion for sure. Now, I've got some chat uh, questions that I'm going to answer real fast. Uh, Keith says, Keith Wooten says, with all the news on water shortages, can we possibly get more exposure for Origin Clear Water Demand? This is so on point, Keith, because today we had a major meeting with the pre-urgency where we said, listen, let's focus in on the collapse of water, the water crisis and how we are directly helping with that. So you're so right, because we've been trying to say, oh, well, we take care of the dirty water. No, we're taking care of the critical need for, for uh, water continuity, for maintaining water supplies of safe, clean water. And that's this new water for us thing. So I will cover that. And um, now also David Johnson wants to know, what is the status of the Envirogen agreement? So we have an agreement in principle with Envirogen. We've already started working with them excuse me, you already started working with them. Um, and at this point, they are basically, you know, exchanging contracts with us and going through all the details, learning how they, they like to do the different tariffs and so forth. Because what we have to do is make sure that they have their way of doing it, and that, that what the customer, the customer can handle, and then what we do in the middle. And it all has to jive. Otherwise, if it's discontinuities, somebody's going to lose out. Envirogen, the customer, or us. We want everyone to win. So it's a lot going on. Manuel is doing an amazing job with that. Um, and Emil George says, how can we limit the early investors to accredited only? That leaves people like me that have been paying attention for a while now. Well, the great news is we have 
once again, you know, from April 27, 2020 to April 27, 2021, we ran a Regulation A unaccredited offering. It was very successful. We are now setting up the next one. It will be in that Gantt chart that I will show you next week. And um, super exciting. So you will have a chance to be part of, um, in fact, we're going to base it on the whole Water for Us campaign. It's, it's going to fuel water for us. So, uh, Emil, stay tuned. You will get your chance to get a really great offering that does not require you to be accredited. You know, I never liked to have only accredited investors. Fortunately, that started changing. It was what was called the Jobs Act in 2013. But even after that, it took many years for these Regulation A offerings for unaccredited investors to really mature and to a point where uh, 2020 were able to start it. So thank you, and I couldn't agree more. To me, it's the most virtuous thing is to have a very wide base of fans in the thousands who, who've invested, you know, $500,000, and then a few, you know, people who kind of, you know, become key investors. And that's a good balance. It's not all on the shoulders of, of a few people. And when the company succeeds, it isn't just those, you know, few people like what we've showed you before with Airbnb, when Ashton Kutcher came in super early and made 50,000%. No, it should be spread out, right? So I strongly believe in that. Okay, continuing, let's talk about inflation. Earlier, we originally said back with the November numbers so that we came out in December with this and we were using the November trend and we predicted a 36% in five years from then, which was 2026, a 36% per year inflation. And with the 1980 definition, which was, they changed how they, how they defined inflation in 1980. So if you take the blue line, that at the time I was predicting it could be as high as 20. In other words, it could be 56%. But staying with the official index is bad enough. Well, let's take a look now at um, the update. Huh, 38%. So trend is holding between 36% and 38%. Not a big deal, right? So I'm gonna flip back and forth. Here's 36%, here's 30. So the trend is continuing, both the current and also the, the, the red one is the current um, consumer inflation number. Uh, and this uh, 1981 is a shadow stats one for, uh, using the 1980 calculations. Personally, I think that the difference is going away, that, that um, it, they're kind of, in other words, this doesn't become a difference of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50%, it kind of like trend, the, the, the difference kind of remains the same. 38%, I mean, we're starting to see it, right? So now, that's five years. Well, what about three years? Let's take a look at that. Three years is 32%. So most of the damage occurs right there in the first three years. Um, now, there's a, there was a change in 1990 as well, of course, was beneficial to the government. So using the 1990-based uh, inflation number, it's 45%. But let's stay again with the official number, 32%. Most of the damage happens early and fast. It's going to be a big shock. Um, now, what can the government do about it? The only thing they can do about it is do what Fed Chairman Volcker did back 20 plus years ago. Um, and he just basically just went bang. He just um, raised rates dramatically and created a recession. <clears throat> we did not do that in 2008. 2008, we flooded, we, we just basically flooded the system with money. We did not um, take the medicine. A lot of um, economists thought we should have, but here we are. So um, 
Now, will the Fed be able to do it? I don't think so. I think it's what's going to continue is it's continuing. They're, they're just not going to be able to do it. And here's why. There's so much debt. If you raise the interest, then the interest on the debt goes crazy. And so it's kind of a cash 22. Um, again, get into commodities. Commodities will hold their value. And of course, this is why we like talking about getting into a water um, productive water asset, because that hasn't been, the price hasn't yet skyrocketed for this asset. It's just beginning. All right. Now, here's just something interesting that I saw in Nature Magazine. It was sent to me by one of our, um, Paolo, one of our fine ambassadors. And um, there's a downside to doing these carbon projects. It was at nature.com. And um, it says right here that the return to pre-industrial levels uh, too many carbon removal efforts overlook demands on water. For example, planting the wrong trees or uh, you know, creating biofuels from crops that cannot be eaten because they're burned. Uh, and so th these, are, these are things that are very concerning. And about 60% of climate change adaptations such as irrigation and harvesting rate address water-related hazards. So, it's the most crucial link in climate adaptation, but it's also the most ignored. So it's time to really get smart about water is the morale of that story, the moral of that story. Okay, so let's get quickly into water for us, clean, clean water for a world in crisis powered by water on demand capital. So as, as I was saying, it's a massive migration away from the cities is, is creating these remote communities. And what uh, it used to be called regionalism, um, and the world's, world of uh, Prince Charles secondary cities. And in fact, um, in um, 2020, September 2020, he specifically said this. Here's a short paragraph what he said. So let's take a look. With the roughly two thirds of emissions taking place in cities and with a near doubling of the world's urban population, projected in the next 50 years, it is clear that the spatial planning of cities to allow for sustainable growth is imperative. My foundation has been working with Commonwealth partners to develop a mayor's rapid planning toolkit focused on secondary cities, where more than half of the urban growth is projected and where far fewer planning professionals exist. As we seek to rebalance the urban-rural divide and the need to address rural to urban migration, the physical implementation of secondary city plans is one of the areas that can have the most positive impact in the coming decades. Cities and local government leaders can and must lead the way, and I would encourage, if I may, city leaders to showcase their city plans and sustainable building solutions at COP26 in order to accelerate further progress. So this, this idea of secondary cities is a very interesting one. <clears throat> what he's saying is that these big mega cities are not workable and where we're gonna have these second, he's saying half of the urban growth is projected in secondary cities. So for example, where, you know, um, uh, Ken Berenger moved from the New York city area to the Pittsburgh area, that's a secondary city. Um, and, and even further, further, I mean, you know, you could um, imagine even smaller cities 
Um, you know, Tom Marchesello just told me that he's moving to uh, near uh, near Charlotte, um, and that is another secondary city. So a lot of moves to smaller cities from the big urban things, and that's very good. As as Pinstrom says, the physical implementation of secondary city plans is one of the areas that can have the most positive impact in the coming decades. So this is gets has a lot of support. This idea. Okay, so self-sufficient communities. I've covered this already. Self-sufficient water for detached communities and these various candidates where we have clientele already. These combinations, I, I reviewed this last week. Um, we're working with Ivan Ants, that's continuing. Now we have a potential product project with uh, Ken Berenger, who's got a development community plan for 48 acres outside of Pittsburgh, a model development for water independence, energy independence, self-sustaining produce. And we reviewed this project this week with Dan Early. Let's take a look at a short excerpt from that discussion. How many acres is it? You said 47? 48. 48 acres. How many homes are you trying to fit between 30 and 40 homes on the on the project, on the right. property? This, I would estimate, is, you know, on a 50-acre lot, this is a good 15 acres. This is a plateau. This is at 1,240 feet. And you see it goes down to 1,200 and then 1,100 and 40 and 1120, you could see it goes downgrade pretty pretty rapidly. Got it. This is a very large lot that I, I, I my original thought was, I'll put my house up here, right? <laughs> right up towards the back here and have all of this is just, you know, 10 acres for me. Um, and then essentially you, we could build homes all around the periphery here. And, you know, you got to figure your one acre, I'm guessing these are one, eight, this is a be about, this would be probably more than one acre, but um, you know, these would be acre lots all around the periphery, right? And you you, you got to figure this is at least 20, 25. So you figure, you're figuring between 25 and 30 homes. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe one acre lots, which would be a, you know, a three or 4,000 square foot home on a one acre lot and put a whole bunch of them up, right? So you're, you're maybe your, you know, your system would probably lie somewhere in between and it would feed to both up the hill and down the hill. I'll tell you on this one right here, the technical solution for the water, the wastewater system is not going to be your critical path. Um, size of it, uh, I mean, I, we can very easily quantify what the what the water, the, the potable water system is going to be and what the wastewater collection treatment disposal system will be. I'm, I'm not worried about that. I see it bottom right there where it's kind of flat. You put a um, you put a produce garden, a co-op produce garden down there where people can grow stuff and have a gardener on on the part of the HOA for the whole HOA. Absolutely. Create self-sufficiency for produce. Mm -hmm. That's killer. It's a very rich growing area too. Lower right front next to the highway. Mm -hmm. I, I think that right there would be an awesome place for having this like this agrarian, this agrarian mm -hmm. or local produce or local garden, community garden center. Well, you can mm -hmm. see there's a stream here. And the other thing is I want to make well water optional. In other words, as a feature, you build it in like, hey, take water from the city, but if the water fails, you gotta you gotta fall back. And I think that'd be very attractive. Or yeah. I agree with that to totally. If you're I can, I can tell you right now, there's water, water under this ground. Yeah, that, for sure. But I mean, what I'm saying is it's easy just to take from the city because it's done and it's standardized, but then you've got the ability to become self-sufficient anytime. And I think that's gonna be a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm fine, water from the city, but hey, what if? What if there was cyber attack on the municipality, blah, blah, blah. You got your own water. Exactly. 
I, I agree with that. If you're looking for water security on that, if you can build, if you could drill and develop your own on-site wells, yeah, have them properly engineered, developed, and ready for use, that right there, that is a value. There's a value add that comes with that. A couple of good things for us for the for the wastewater micro utility. This is in Pennsylvania. Uh, if I were to if I were to propose a a wastewater micro utility with having this uh, this community garden center or this community agrarian uh, open space or green green space, I would I would plan the wastewater utility so that you could use you could treat and recycle the water through proper proper P, Pennsylvania DEP permitting, and you could use that water for irrigation uh, on that produce on those open areas. Um, I would definitely do that. But in the wintertime, obviously, you don't grow a garden. You're not uh, harvesting crops in the wintertime in Pennsylvania. Plus, the weather, the weather is freezing. So you'll get a um, you'll have a dual a dual purpose permit so that you can go to direct discharge. Because you are treating to a tertiary level for irrigation, for crop, for crop watering and for your irrigation purposes, you're going to have it. You're going to be treating to an, a, an exceptionally high standard. By default, that will get you to a point where you can discharge to that stream. So that's not going to be an issue there. So I definitely would do that. If you got public water available, you can check that box. You can drill your wells for water security, as Riggs mentioned. That's a value add. I, I believe that that would be preferable. I'm, I'm going to have to cut this short. The uh, Because of the discussion early on, we ran out of time, and it's um, already 9 o'clock Eastern. I apologize. Uh, it was a quite a fascinating discussion. Uh, basically, we're putting together... This, uh, this idea, um, here's some of the notes from Dan Early afterwards about this. Basically, um, water and sewer utility would probably be the biggest risk factor for them. This has been my experience for the past 30 years. Um, and then if Water for Us can effectively solve water and sewer utility service, developer can check that box and feel comfortable. Water for Us can answer all the questions related to micro utility planning, permitting, engineering, et cetera. Very few individuals understand how to solve this for the Here's the most important. Development over the past 30 years has taxed the large central public utilities to the point where they can't keep up and or provide service because they are constantly expanding outward from their central treatment facilities. And that service model grinds to a stop due to size, complexity, cost, lack of capacity, et cetera. So literally the water issue is holding back the infrastructure. And that is a major thing. Uh, I'm also gonna be able to discuss a little bit more about energy. I will cover that next week because we have a big problem with the electrical grid. But again, we are out of time. We don't really have time to have much of a discussion, but Ken, I'm excited that you are um, actually gonna just jump in and, and you're gonna you know, get a developer involved in PA and you, you're gonna make uh, water for us work. One, one thing I would mention, that property is absolutely pristine and a third of what it would cost if you could run right water right to it. And no one's jumping on it because they can't. See that big plateau was that's the only place you could build. We could we could open this up to a market of of home of bright home developers that could develop the undevelopable, right? So yeah, um, and and I coined it, and you heard Dan saying a couple of times. I came up with another great phrase: luxury agrarian communities, right? So you you we, they like were talking about glamour camping. <laughs> you, yeah, if you call living in a four thousand square foot home glamping, sure, but. Um, what I disagree with Prince Charles is I don't think people are moving to secondary cities. I moved from a city of 10 million people to a city of 300,000 people 
but I'm in Westmoreland County, the whole county, thousands and thousands of square miles is only 300,000 people. So I'm in that community where, you know, when everyone freaked out with COVID, I got my meat, I got my vegetables, I got my, you know, my life was normal, right? Um, there is no power failures if every home had their own power generation system. Every, there is no water um what would you what would you call it? Water vulnerabilities if every home is able to take it directly from the aquifer and treat it. And um, James Wright says, why am I thinking of Logan's run? And well, hey, we can think of uh, Mad Max. I mean, we're, we're, ta we're taking civilization to the place where we really need to be able to assure our supplies of vital commodities, food, water, energy, and um, we will continue this next week. I yes. really, so much more to discuss. The energy side of things is huge as well, but we are, just so you know, the focus now is definitely on how we directly help with the problem of the water crisis in the world. Talk to Ken, oc.co slash Ken, and he will be happy to walk through it. We are, investors are taking a percentage of the spinoff and it is a very smart thing. Tom Yako says, thank you. Thank you all. Uh, again, I'm, I, I like to keep it under an hour. You've been very patient. Thank you for sticking around. Have a great weekend. I will have much more next week for Keith Wooten. We are getting press, as you saw in point. We're getting more. We're going to get more and more press. Right. I'm even working on uh, doing a TEDx talk, perhaps TED one day, but for sure TEDx. So more to follow. You'll be hearing exciting things. Thank you all. Have a great evening. Thank you, Ken. Uh, you guys are great. Enjoy your weekend.